whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here, and I'm just going to cut to the chase this morning. I heard a good sermon on David and Goliath the other day in church, another one, one of you know, a million sermons on David. For those of you that don't know, David was the uh, probably most popular king of Israel, father of Solomon, who was seen as, you know, one of the wisest men ever. I have a different take on that. I think he was wise and he was dumb, depending on the moment. He had some wisdom, but I digress. So David was considered a man after God's own heart, and he was known for um, his military prowess. He was known for originally being overlooked as the youngest child who the father did not even put forth as his child, and he also was the one that really established the kingdom of Israel because of his warrior um, skills and because of his warrior heart. He was thought of as a man after God's own heart. So uh, what the the sermon was on was on his battle against Goliath. I mean, of course, Goliath often at the, nowadays represents those battles in our life that seem unwinnable. The people and the things that seem so big. And that whole David and Goliath story is, has become really iconic. You know, the, the underdog football team who goes to the Super Bowl, that's David meets Goliath, you know. Um, the peasant powers that went over the oppressive government, David and Goliath. Uh, we have so many references to that and so many stories. We love the underdog to win. Uh, the blind side, you know, about the person who had been really living on the street and ended up becoming an NFL football player. So this is actually the real David and Goliath story. Uh, what we may want to know is that David was a shepherd he was the youngest son of Jesse, uh, and the only reason he was even at the battlefield is because his father told him, basically, bring some food to your brothers. Uh, it says, we're talking here in 1 Samuel, first, uh, chapter 17, New Rise Standard Version, um, starting verse 14. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to his feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward and took his stand morning and evening. Now, the Philistine would be Goliath. Goliath would be the person that was uh, six cubit in a span, which would be, by today's standards, well over nine feet tall. And Goliath would be the one who's very shield. Only his shield, his shield alone, weighed 5,000 shekels, which by today's standards would be about 125 pounds. Goliath's armor altogether, at one point, I think I estimated about 160 pounds, probably between 160 and 180 pounds. David very likely did not weigh 160 to 180 pounds. That would have been a big David, a big shepherd boy by the standards today. So we're talking about somebody who is so invisible. Now, when Samuel went the chapter before, the prophet Samuel went to anoint Israel's next king, and Jesse... He said, he's one of, one of your sons to Jesse. Jesse showed him all of the sons 
but David. So Jesse forgot David was his son. That, that's a pretty big thing, you know, or at least he said he's my son, but he's not significant enough to play this role. So David was disregarded by his brothers, disregarded by everyone else in this chapter. Uh, Saul said, who is he? Now, this is significant because it said David was the youngest. David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So he went to Saul in Jerusalem because it said, uh, chapter before, I believe. Yes, also in chapter 16. Uh, it said that... Uh, that now I'm losing my spot. I'm sorry. It's one of those mornings. Um, it said that Saul had an evil spirit that was plaguing him. And, um, David would play the harp for him. So we have a guy that's watching all of, uh, his father's sheep and it didn't occur to his father that, you know, he's a son of mine. So he should go on the running to be this, this king thing. But he, and then he, he have a guy that regularly plays harp for Saul in a way that sets him free from this evil spirit. And yet, Saul didn't know who he was. He's like, who is this guy? <laughs> um, this is crazy, you know? Um, so he was kind of, up until this point, it almost seemed like David was a sort of invisible person sitting there just doing what he needed to do, you know, living his life. And he seemed invisible, and yet he wasn't invisible then. <laughs> he was not invisible that day. Uh, they probably tried to make him invisible as they were taking these things. Um, but what I really wanted to focus on, there's so much about the story, what I really wanted to focus on was verse 16. For 40 days the Philistines came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. So Philistine was Goliath. Goliath came forward, took his stand, and um, barked a challenge. I, I'm looking at the scripture. It doesn't actually say that the Israelites took the challenge. It says basically that they sat there, watched them, and, and were terrified. Uh, now, there was... Um, one of the words that used to describe Goliath was a champion. I think it's important to figure out, to, to say what champion means. Champion means person of the space between. Because you see, right at the beginning, I hope I'm not going to lose my spot again, of the, of the chapter, it talks about how they were encamped on two hills. Um, between Sukkah and Azekah. And they gathered in the valley of Elah and formed ranks against the Philistines. So the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side. This is verse 3. Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. So we have the Valley of Elah in between, and we have the mountains on either side. And this word for man of the space between, that's what, that's what champion means, person of the space between. What would often happen, because there was a lot of war back then and people didn't want to waste soldiers or lives, was they would say, it was really a matter of superstition, but for Israel, it should have been a matter of faith. They unfortunately just didn't have it. But... The idea is they would say, instead of losing all of our soldiers, losing everybody, we're going to have our best man and your best man come in the space between and fight. Uh, now, remember, this is what this is what the Philistines were saying. We'll give us our we'll give our best man, and you give your best man, and whoever wins, that whole army wins. That whole army takes the spoils and everything. And um, what it really was is. Our best man is going to represent, we're going to pick the best person to represent our God, little g, and you pick the rest, best person to represent 
your God. Um, so really, they forgot who they were representing. You see, Israel saw the height of Goliath. They saw the weight of Goliath. They saw the weight of his armor. They saw the heard the strength of his voice. And um, they forgot the strength of their God. David didn't. As David went against Goliath, this is what David said. Now I have to look it up a little bit. And they're saying, you can't go against him. He's saying, no one heart fail because of him. Your servant will go fight with the Philistine. And verse 3, you're not able to go against this Philistine. You're just a boy. He's been a warrior from youth. And uh, the Philistine came. This is what David said. This is what I got. Uh, chapter 17, verse 45. You come to me with sword and spear and javelin. So you're coming to me with your stuff, with your heavy artillery. But... I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David remembered what it meant to be a champion. Being a champion isn't about all the army you bring to the battle. Being a champion is about whose God is stronger. What are you representing? Goliath was representing all of his earthly strength. David was representing the power of heaven, which had just been absolutely trampled on and blasphemed for 40 days. Now, why is it that the Israelites, the warriors, the trained warriors, and the king, who was supposed to be the one representing God, why is it that they forgot? They're the ones that are supposed to know, right? Um, here's what I submit to you. Two Two words. 40 days, verse 16. For 40 days the Philistines came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. 40 days is enough to change your attitude. My, uh, one of my mantras, your rehearsal becomes your reality. If you look at a lie and believe a lie and look at intimidation, live at intimidation, believe intimidation for 40 days, that thing's going to become real to you. Those Israelites were waiting to die. By the beginning, they were wondering what to do. By the end, they were waiting to die. And they were almost offended by somebody who thought anything different. Go home, Dave. Let us do the big boys thing. What's the big boys thing? Sitting here and waiting to die. Now, 40 is really significant. That This is why 40 stuck out to me. Um, uh, Lent is 40 days. That preparation between Ash Wednesday and and the celebration of the resurrection of Christ. Uh, the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus fasted for 40 days. 40 lashes was supposed to mean death when you use that, that really nasty scourge that had the bone. Not just I'm not just talking about whipping. There were that scourge that they gave to Jesus. Remember, they gave him 40 minus one lashes because that was supposed to be so bad for you you just couldn't, your body couldn't come back from it because you're ripping skin away from bone. But I, I digress. But the point is 40 means change for the better or for the worse. It can mean change of your heart. It can mean change of your habits. It can mean change of your state of being alive or dead. It certainly changed who the people of Israel were. Excuse me.
saying the other day, I always have to blow my nose as soon as the camera comes on. So I had to get, get out of the camera. But 40 days. I mean, think about it. If you were standing in front of a nine-foot dude whose armor weighed more than you, most of you did for 40 days with the big old big fat mouth and you had no way to counteract him and all you heard was how bad you were and how much you were going to die for 40 days, wouldn't that be enough for, for you to believe it? So it took this little pipsqueak. Well, shepherd boy, we don't know. They say sometimes maybe 16 years old. Certainly not over 20. Little messenger boy, musician, you know, the band geek. It took the band geek <laughs> to come and question that. They were stuck in a rut for 40 days. And while they rehearsed the fear, they forgot the God. And the little band geek, I love band geeks. I am a band geek. The only reason I wasn't in high school marching band is because I was in another band outside of high school. And it wasn't a rock band. But I could even play tuba. Well, that's besides the point. But... What I'm saying is, and the, David was a David was a musician, and David was a farmer, basically a sheep farmer, and and he was young, and he was invisible, seemingly to almost anybody. People didn't remember. People forgot he was there, but it took him to change the situation. So I'm just thinking today, I could go on with this, but we all got to get to work, you know, <laughs> or whatever we need to be doing. What is it that you've been practicing? What habits started by being alarming, but now you've just accepted as fact? What lies are you seeing as truth because you've rehearsed them for so long? Is there a certain despair? Is there a relationship you're caught in? Uh, maybe it's not even the person that needs to die. Maybe it's the way the relationship is that needs to die so it can be reborn in a new way. A marriage that's dying. Maybe the marriage doesn't need to die. Maybe that thing in your marriage that's causing decay, maybe the mistrust needs to die. Maybe old habits need to die. Maybe the criticism needs to die. Are you... Uh, laying in bed next to somebody that you once thought was good but now you think is horrible and you can't even remember why you married them. You've had your 40 days and then some. You know, they say it takes 40 days to change habit. So, part two, what do you need to rehearse? What do you need to rehearse to remember the truth? Uh, I was going through some spiritual counseling once and um, from it I learned sometimes we have to acknowledge the lies that Satan has brought in our life not so that we can keep saying them but so that we know they exist we confess them acknowledge isn't the right word we confess them and then we say out loud I know they're lies but what they had me do was speak the truths every day I didn't have to keep acknowledging the lie once I once I said this is a lie speaking the truth of who I am in Christ 
It's what lie is Satan telling you. David knew the truth. And is there something in your life that God is trying to use to get your attention? Is there a person that may seem like an annoyance right now or may even seem like they don't exist? That God's bringing into your life as a champion of recovery, a champion of health. That's a challenge for me today. I like having grace challenges. Not so that I can see how bad I am because I'm good. God made me good. But because I like the idea of growing and improving in the grace of God. There's always going to be something new to learn, but we all have stuff. This isn't condemnation. We all have these mountains of despair that we're standing on, looking over at the other side, forgetting what God we serve. We all have something that keeps us from being a champion. But if we serve God, we're, we all got a champion in us. We all have grace in us. Just be strong. Be brave. Step out. Lord Jesus, I ask you to reveal to us. I can't say what it is. Anything in our life that has become a stumbling block to victory. Anything we're looking at that we think we're looking at clear from like Goliath with clarity. But because we're looking at it from the other mountain, it seems bigger than it is. Lord, help us to remember how big you are. Give us the heart of David and that we remember that when anything in life comes against us, they're really coming against you. And you win, God. You win praying for a heart of victory for everyone today, whatever that would mean in your name. Amen. Be blessed, my friends, today and for the next 40 days and forever.